Warriors can survive. That means no matter how hard I fight, there's no way to keep that promise. I'm going to win this charade. And when I do, I'll use the Super Dragon Balls to bring you and your universe back. What? You would do that? I gave my word from one seer to another, and I have to keep it! I'll shatter through my limits, in my own way, on my own terms! And then, Jiren, I will defeat you! coalesced a power within himself that is far beyond the Super Saiyan Blue level he has displayed in the tournament up to now. Now you can finally see my all! guys and welcome back to another episode of fanboy comics podcast the show and jump saturday episode now this week we're going to be talking about dragon ball super chapter 46 and my hero academia chapters 132 through 134 now the reason why i'm doing this is because my hero academia comes out every single week while dragon ball super only comes out once a month so I'm wanting to keep enough content through these episodes so that way we don't run out of Dragon Ball Super chapters, you know, in let's say three weeks or so after doing three chapters each, you know. So we're going to do one chapter of Dragon Ball Super with three chapters of My Hero Academia and then... Uh, you know, if we find another manga that I want to dive into, then of course we'll see how their release schedule is and we will start that. But let's go ahead and move on to Dragon Ball Super. And let me just say how awesome was, you know, that part of the intro. Now that is from the Tournament of Power. Uh, you know, that's just a little tease of what happens to Vegeta in the Tournament of Power. It's probably one of my favorite moments. And I will say this. Vegeta is my favorite character in Dragon... Well, sorry. No. It's a tie. I'm, I'm not even going to lie to myself. It's either Gohan or Vegeta. Everybody loves Goku. I understand the reasoning of loving Goku. But, you know, I I love I love the fact that Vegeta went has gone through so much as a character. As far as, you know, he was introduced as a villain. And he has developed so much, like now as Goku's partner and a friend and a father and a husband and it's just awesome I, I love the way Vegeta is nowadays I, I mean I loved him as a badass you know when he was a villain but I absolutely love him now so uh you know I I just played that part before I recorded you know the part where he turns into beyond Super Saiyan Blue uh, people are calling it Blue Evolution, but uh, I I almost cry every single time just because of the passion that he has as a Saiyan, as a proud Saiyan, you know, that's all Vegeta is, is, you know, his ego and everything, but it, it 
goes beyond that sometimes and it really showed here in that story arc of you know the tournament of power so like i said he's grown as a character and i absolutely love it but let's go ahead and move to the actual chapter this is uh chapter 46 namek in decline so of course vegeta is fighting i believe maro is his name or or moru or i cannot pronounce these names i do apologize so Please, if there is anyone who knows the correct pronunciation of the villain, please let me know. But, of course, we found out that this villain had taken the power, or basically taken the key from Vegeta, and is, you know, beating the crap out of him, and Goku jumps in, you know, is, is begging him to stop, and this dude is is not stopping he is like an unmovable object he just keeps going vegeta is able to you know bring up a little bit of chi that he has left to throw down a gatling gun i will say one of my favorite moves very classic you know i can't wait to see this and in an animated form just so i can see that beautiful purple pink hue of that uh of that beam but Freaking Maru just eats it, like literally just opens his mouth and eats it. This is very much reminiscent of who was that guy? I can't remember his name. He was a green creature. He was on the, I believe, second level of the. It was, that was the one thing I, I probably had to, like, that was really bothering me as far as the Boo Saga, where they had, like, basically a video game where you had to go by each level to defeat a villain, and then you could finally get to the boss or whatever. But it was on the second level, it was the guy that ended up fighting Goku, and he could absorb energy. Uh, he would he would absorb light energy. And that's basically what Maru does with Vegeta's blast. He completely eats it, and he's consuming it as his own. Like He's like taking that energy, and he's growing stronger with it. So we get a glance at Beerus and Whis at their planet or whatever. And of course, Beerus is bored. He doesn't know what to do. He's fishing. He's just like, blah, blah, blah. And Whis is just like saying, hey, there's there's something going on. And basically, like, do you feel what, what he says? Uh, he says, oh, uh, they're talking about how uh, there's a possibility that i believe namek is gonna die and beerus is like oh well you know whatever you know let it die then he says that uh that planet's got no food since uh the people there only drink water so i'm not interested and Whis sees that vegeta and goku are in peril and that they're fighting but he doesn't say anything and we go back to Namek, you know, Maru's basically, like, completely destroyed the foundation that they're fighting in. They're both laying down, they're in pain, they can't move. And Maru basically runs up to them, like, knees them, chokes them out, and then steals what looks like their life force. It honestly just looks like life force that he has absorbed from them. And he swallows it, and it, like, transforms him in a way to where like he gets muscles, he got like a ripped six pack. His design looks really cool. Like really, really cool, I will say. Like as as like the older crepid one, he looked kinda cool. But 
you know, with these shows, especially Dragon Ball Z, you know, nobody is exactly at their final form when they first get introduced. So seeing them transform, you know, into something that will be clearly much stronger is pretty cool. And he does take that old Frieza guard or uh, part of Frieza's army. I, for, I for, can't really remember like what exactly they called him, like a servant or whatever. Takes him and he says, okay, let's go find those Dragon Balls. And then we find out that Bulma is with Hercule. And she has basically found out that the intergalactic police are involved in the disappearance of Boo, Vegeta, and Goku. So she calls up Jaku. She's yelling at him and is like, hey, you need to get my husband back here. And, you know, being the Bulma that everybody knows, you know, the angry but still caring Bulma. And Jaku's like, uh, yeah, sorry, can't, uh, dealing with some really bad intergalactic stuff, uh, gotta go by, and, like, hangs up. <laughs> but, you know, eventually we do see Vegeta and Goku again. They are being healed by the, uh, Namekians that, you know, Goku and Vegeta saved at the, I think, end of the last issue, or the last chapter. And one of the Namekians tells them that they've been out for three whole days. So within those three days... Maru has completely just obliterated several villages looking for the um, Dragon Balls. And I believe he has found three. Yeah, he's destroyed three villages. Each village is in charge of one uh, one Dragon Ball. So he's in, in possession of three Dragon Balls. And so he explains this this older or this elder Namekian explains that. What they ended up doing to survive, you know, this time without Vegeta and Goku, a lot of the strong warriors have assimilated. Now, if you don't know what assimilated means, this is basically what uh, Kami and Piccolo did back in when, I believe it was when, yeah, it was it was in the Cell Saga, when he decided to go fight uh, Android 17. Well, Piccolo decided to fight Android 17, and then it became a fight with Android 17 and Piccolo versus Cell. But I digress. So what it ends up meaning is that they combined into one person. So the strength of Kami and Piccolo, you know, absorbed into one person, and they decided to be named Piccolo. It was really funny because, like, Goku uh, ended up, like, seeing him and noticed that he had assimilated because at that time, Goku was sick and he he had like the heart disease or whatever that trunks had or future trunks had said oh yeah he's gonna die but they give him the medicine in time he was able to wake up goes to see everybody in the ship and he notices piccolo and he's like oh hi camicolo like combining their names together is really funny but yeah so the elder uh namekian tells vegeta and goku that all of the warriors in every village has assimilated and created three strong warriors. So, if you think about it, it was probably like 12, and then they basically assimilated with each other to make three strong warriors. And they're flying towards Maru, and the one in the middle of the three, like, out of the three, the guy in the middle puts out his arms and then assimilates those two. So, like, basically 12 people, and and it doesn't necessarily say 12, but I'm I'm just imagining this. Well, actually, 
I would I would guess that because there's seven Dragon Balls, then there is seven warriors, but he destroyed three, which I'm guessing he killed people, so those warriors are probably dead. So there is well, I guess there is only four. So one person probably assimilated with one. So one of them has two people and the other two are just normal or whatever. I don't know. I wish they would have told us. So that way we can like basically see, okay, that is like a lot of strength in, you know, one person. Anyway, out of the three, the one in the middle assimilates the two beside him and he's flying towards Maru. And at this time, Maru is basically like playing with this village, torturing them, you know, threatening to kill them, all this stuff. So this warrior flies towards Maru. Mario, Ma- Mario, <laughs> uh, Maru doesn't even look behind him. Like this guy is clearly just flying towards him, about to like knock the crap out of him. Maru just puts his hand behind him and puts a hole through this guy's gut, without even blinking, without even looking behind him. And he throws him on the ground. He says, "Was this your savior by chance?" Uh, apologies, he was dead before he could even, before I could even see his face. And that is the end of the chapter. So it is clear that all of the strength with Vegeta and Goku combined, of course, they were at their normal forms. They didn't, and I'm sure, you know, technically speaking, yeah, you can say that some of the god powers are within Maru now, but, you know, they... Maru is essentially as strong as Vegeta and Goku combined, and that's terrifying. And I I am going to enjoy seeing how Goku and Vegeta decide to go through with this. And the thing is, and I was telling my friends about this, you know, when it comes to video games of Dragon Ball Z, and it becomes, you know, when it comes to new chapters of Dragon Ball Z, like saga-wise, something that we have not seen before, it's the same song and dance, you know. You know, they, they reach a level that they find their peak and then they break beyond that level. They find a villain that they cannot f- defeat even at their peak and so they break their peak with another, you know, transformation or whatever. Goku uses the spirit bomb at some point and then they, you know, save the galaxy or they save the world. So, I'm sure this is all going to be the same as usual and at some point maybe Vegeta and Goku are going to, you know, maybe do the fusion dance or whatever. But I still enjoy this franchise. I absolutely love it. It's something that I grew up with. And I don't think it's something that I am ever going to necessarily just like be done with. So it, it was, it was you know, catching up with these chapters is really fun. You know, it's, it's giving me time to just sit down and read and enjoy some new content, which I always love. But let's go ahead and jump into chapter 132 of My Hero Academia right now now this is based 132 through 134 is a giant arc just it, i say giant arc but it's just literally just one story but it has to deal with uh, kirishima and tamaki tamaki of course is one of the big th- three while kirishima is the red-headed uh guy who always hangs out with bakugo uh, they became really good friends and in here we learn that Kirishima is uh, working under the pro hero Fat Gum and Tamaki. But before we get into that, 
we actually have a meeting from when we left off. You know, there's a little bit of a cliffhanger on 131, that being that uh, Shiragaki. Oh my gosh, I can't. These names. I need to learn these names better. Uh, uh, Shiragaki and Shiragar. Oh my gosh, hold on. Hold on. Hold, 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 hold on. Shigaraki. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I don't know why that's so hard to say. But him and Overhaul are actually in a meeting uh, with the beginning of 132. And they're discussing basically how they're going to start working together. And of course, uh, Shigaraki has some conditions. That being that, you know, it's not going to be a, oh, you work under me, I work under you, you know, or you work, you know, just that whole like one's better than the other. Uh, Shigaraki said that they want to be equals and also that they want to be able to do whatever they want. And Overhaul is like, okay, is that all your demands? He says, no, you need to tell me what your plans are. I understand that when you came to, you know, basically take rule of our League of Villains, you use this. He shows them the uh, little bullet or the syringe thing that, of course, takes away the uh, anybody's quirk. And then we jump to uh, the pro hero Fat Gum, uh, Kirishima, and Tamaki. They're walking the streets and being on patrol. We learn that uh, Kirishima was wanting to go to a different agency for his study but they couldn't take him so fat gum decided hey you know what i think you should just you know hang out with us i think that you are a pretty enthusiastic you know great hero or you will be someday and and i i would really like it if you jumped on our team now in the midst of them just you know kind of hanging out uh these villains or low lives or whatever you want to call them were apparently uh, selling drugs or doing something, but they got caught, and so they started to run. And Fat Gum quickly jumps into action, uh, and so does Tamaki. Tamaki has this really cool quirk. Uh, I don't know what the name of it. Oh yeah, it says here manifest. So everything that he eats, he can basically transform into. So uh, he eats. He he says that he eats. Uh, octopus and clams every single day because uh, octopus uh, gives him range while the clams give him a great defense move uh, with the hard shell and everything but he also eats fried chicken and it like makes his like feet like chicken legs it's really cool and he has wings because of the chicken so it's really cool how it kind of it literally manifests into uh, different forms onto his body but uh, they were able to capture them really quickly, but there was one guy in the middle of the crowd of like these, you know, regular civilians, you know, cheering on the heroes. One of them pulled a gun and shot at uh, Tamaki and ended up shooting him. And in the midst of this, uh, Shir- uh, Sh- oh my gosh, this again, uh, Shirak. Um, you know what? The League of Villains leader. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, he's talking to Overhaul, you know, talking again how P- 
people are unable to use their quirk or it's compressed in some way. Uh, and Tamaki, you know, is immediately shot and he doesn't know what's going on. And uh, Kirishima immediately goes into action and hardens up. He looks super cool with his new outfit. It looks really, really cool, really menacing. And because he's like rock hard, whenever the bad guy shoots another bullet, it bounces off. And he starts to run. And at this point, we're already on like chapter 133. Uh, uh, the guy starts to run and Kirishima runs after him. And, you know, he knocks him out or he punches him. And, you know, this guy is like sobbing. He's crying. He's like, oh, my gosh, you know, I hate that I'm not very strong, you know, my, my quirk only lets me, uh, make blades come out of my arms that are only, like, six inches or three inches or whatever, talking about how it's, like, only as big and strong as, like, a box cutter, is what he compares it to, and so what he ends up doing is he, like, the syringe comes out of his sleeve, and he, like, injects himself, and he, like, starts to, like, con- uh, what's the word? Um, I can't think of the word. Basically, starts to seizure up. And then, out of nowhere, the blades that could only go like three to six inches immediately just start protruding out of his body. Of course, Kirishima was able to use his quirk fast enough to where it doesn't hurt him. And uh, Kirishima notices, like, holy crap, there's still people in this alley and, like, in this general area. I need to keep them safe. I need to make sure that these knives don't get anywhere near them. So he is, you know, keeping everything under control, but the shards are now so powered up that it's actually, like, cracking his his rock-hard quirk or whatever. So when this is happening... Uh, you get to hear some internal dialogue about how he has been, uh, well, it's internal dialogue and, of course, a flashback of how he's been attempting to, you know, power up, in a sense, as far as, like, compared to the other pe- the, the other students, you know, they all have, like, really cool moves, long-range attacks, things like that, and... He's like, well, I don't have any of that stuff. So what am I supposed to do? And he actually comes up with this really, really cool move. um, And it's called uh, Unbreakable. And basically, he can only hold it for about 40 seconds. But just think of his whole body literally almost turning into a giant rigid rock. And like... He, like I said, you know, he, when he uses his quirk, he looks menacing, but when he uses like the actual unbreakable, like move, he looks even more terrifying and he is able to knock out the villain or the bad guy, uh, almost immediately after. And, you know, there's a lot of the civilians that are cheering him on, you know, saying that he's going to be a really cool hero one day and they're very proud but this one, this guy, you know, who had the knives, he immediately starts breaking down again, almost like he, you know, as if the syringe or whatever, what powered him up had worn off, but it was all a trick. So he uses the blades 
protruding out of his back to like launch him. But what he didn't notice is that Fat Gum was there. And he, what Fat Gum's quirk is, is absorption. Uh, and he is literally like an eight foot tall giant balloon. It's really cool. And the guy basically goes into his stomach and like tries to like do all the knives or whatever. And nothing is hurting Fat Gum whatsoever. And he says, he says, what you need to do, you know, uh, he's talking to Kirishima, is basically you need to, uh, when fighting villains, quickly make them lose the will to fight. And you just see the guy's feet dangle because the rest of his body is inside Fat Gum's stomach. It's really funny. But like I said, you know, the civilians are like, like giving him praise and all this stuff. And Tamaki is still unable to use his quirk because he got shot. But it's really funny because Tamaki, although he's part of the big three, you know, a really big uh, group at, uh, 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 oh my gosh, I forgot the actual high school. But the uh, the high school that all those students go to, uh, he is very shy and he has problems with like self-confidence, basically. And so... Uh, He's really good for comedic relief, uh, but it's really cool how, like, strong he is. So, they play it off pretty well. Uh, the police actually uh, talk to Fat Gum and Kirishima first, but second, talking about how uh, the gun that the villain used was not like any other gun. There wasn't any bullets, so, you know, they didn't know what exactly was going on. This is just, you know, showing more evidence that this is you know, something new on the streets and that they need to be aware of, but it moves to the next day. The next day, uh, Kirishima's, uh, hero name ends up being in the news. You know, he's a big name now and he's kind of like, like dumbfounded over the whole thing. And then even, uh, uh, Ochako and, uh, Asui or, Froppy, uh, the, the frog S girl. They're also in a study, uh, agency and their names are also on the internet and in the news. So all the other students are really freaking out about how fast these, you know, students, their fellow students and friends are growing into the hero community. But, uh, Midoriya, Deku, uh, Kirishima, Asui and Ochaku are all going to uh, go meet their agencies. But then Midoriya realizes, oh, they're all going onto the same train. They're all turning the same corners. Like, what's going on? They finally get to, like, this building and they see the big three are there with uh, uh, Tamaki and uh, 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 Mirio. And when they go inside, like all of these pro heroes are there, even Aizawa, who is their teacher, their professor, and Night Eye is there, Gran Torino's there, like so many people, like all these pros, and basically explaining about how they're going to discuss a plot to uh to basically find overhaul and like his organization and all of that. And that is the end of chapter 134. You know, of course, this is, I would say, like, almost a month from where we were, like, in the anime-wise. So a lot of people listening to this are like, oh, you know, we you 
we already know all this. But of course, this is the manga, you know, just like how in comics, they're not always the same as the TV shows or movies or whatever. Now, I did say this either last episode or episode before that, anime and manga have, like, they're pretty cool in the sense of, like, they're pretty accurate in the, like, depiction of them. So, the anime is very close to the manga, almost word for word. And I'm just waiting to see, you know, what are the differences. So far, they're pretty similar, and I think that's more so on the anime side. You know, this was such a good and cool project as far as My Hero Academia. And so I think the people who are directing and writing the episodes really want to, like, put everything that was in the written material of of the manga into the show. So I really appreciate it. It's really, really cool. Um, I'm super excited to keep moving forward. And of course, eventually we will be moving towards, uh, the stuff that's going on after, you know, this is season four, season five, I think season four. So eventually we will get past season four and I'm super excited for it. I'm super excited to see what's going on in the world of my hero academia. Now I have seen the movie. I'm wanting to do a review on it, but I don't know who I want to help with. Like, I don't know who I want on the show to help me with that review because I could just talk to myself, but I like to bounce ideas off of people when I'm doing uh, movie reviews. So I might grab like a friend or two and we could talk about, you know, what's going on, you know, how it is implemented into the actual show, how it fits in the manga, things like that. But with that, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Show and Jump Saturdays, and I will see you guys next week. I'm gonna go to the